Hey everyone, welcome to the Overflow Podcast, where pastor, author, speaker, and consultant Jim Stern explores various benefits and blessings of life lived in the overflow of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love. There is so much to discover, to learn, to feel, and to see when God goes first and we live in the overflow. All right, Overflow people, here we go. Jim Stern, glad to be back with you guys again for another edition of this powerful, powerful 10-week series, 10-session series as we seek to undo and unpack this incredible prayer that the Lord Jesus Christ has given us, the Lord's Prayer. So many people know it. So few people use it. I don't think that when the disciples came to him and said, teach us how to pray in Luke 11 and Jesus gave him the Lord's Prayer, that his intent was for us to memorize this 2,000 years of memorizing the Lord's Prayer, but not using it. I think Jesus intended to give us this prayer as a prayer of life, as a prayer of intimacy, as a prayer of power that we can have confidence and clarity in for ourselves. We can go out and teach other people how to pray, but it's supposed to be a useful, useful weapon of ours in our relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we've been going through this one line at a time using my book, Brilliant, Unleashing Life Through the Lord's Prayer that you can get on Amazon. You can get on the Trexo.org website. But I highly encourage you for small group content. If you're looking for content for your small group, personal devotion, it's great. But also in that small group content context where you can hash through a chapter at a time, have great conversation, great dialogue, maybe even have to spend a couple weeks, maybe even a month on one chapter as you're digging into all of the nuances of what Jesus intends us to have in this prayer. It is just absolutely phenomenal. The prayer is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and when we investigate it and soak in it and then use it, we get to really enjoy the brilliance of everything that Jesus uh, intended for us in this prayer. And here we come to the next part of the Lord's Prayer. And I think I said this last time that, that man, this is going to feel like the hardest part of the prayer. But I think I said last time when we were working through what does it mean to pray, give us this day our daily bread, that really to trust in the bread provision of God our Father is the hardest part of the prayer. And then we come to this part of the prayer where Jesus says, uh, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And then here it is. uh, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Yeah, in Jesus's daily prayer, he is targeting our attitude toward other people. He is targeting our relationships with other people. He is targeting anger. He's targeting bitterness. He's targeting the calcification of our hearts. I know, genius, genius. How would he know? How would he know? And he expects us, watch this, to deal with these things every single day. Jesus includes this in the prayer. Remember the Lord's Prayer is something that Jesus is going through every single day of his life. And it's it's not just in his quiet time in the morning. It's these things that he's keeping in the front of his heart and mind uh, as he walks and travels in the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish his father's kingdom mission for his own life. These are the areas that he's mindful of. These are the areas when the disciples come and say, hey, teach us to pray. Jesus says, hey, this is what vibrates in my heart and mind. This is what I keep fresh. And here's this line, forgive us of our sins. Heavenly fathers, we forgive those who sin against us. This is genius because Jesus expects that people are going to fail us. People are going to sin against us. People are going to make mistakes. People are going to hurt us. We are going to experience pain. 
physical pain and emotional pain because of people. But then beyond that, watch this, Jesus expects us to fail in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. He expects us to, to fail and sin against our Father. He expects us to make mistakes in our relationship with our Father, even to bring emotional pain to our Father. Now, let's keep the sequence of the prayer in line. Who is it that we're praying to? We're not praying to the God blob. We're not praying to some amorphous, unknown, bizarre thing in the sky called God that we just don't really have depth of intimacy with. We are praying to our heavenly father and we have sinned against our father and we're coming before our father and we're asking him to forgive us of our sins. I want you to see that Forgiveness of sins is so mission critical in the ministry of Jesus that at the end of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, when Jesus gives the disciples the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 5, as soon as he's done with the Lord's Prayer, there is one topic in the Lord's Prayer that he's going to return to. His prayer is done. He's done teaching his disciples how to pray. He's done teaching them and giving them this weaponized prayer. He's moving on, quote unquote, to the next thing. And what is the very next thing? We see this in Matthew 5, verse 14 and 15. Jesus says, For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. So of all the topics that Jesus could have gone on to, could have advanced to, could have advanced to the end times. He could have advanced to something demonic. He could have advanced to something about marriage. He could have advanced to who knows all of the things he could have advanced to, or he could have returned to any other topic coming out of the Lord's prayer. He could have returned back to the hallowed be your, be your name or the provision of bread. What does Jesus go back to? What's the next topic? Forgiveness of sins. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, hey, look, and all of these things in the Lord's prayer are powerful and good, but I really need to make sure you get forgiveness of sins right. You have to get this right. And I think the reason that he's doing this is because Jesus understands more than anyone else that living faithfully to the Lord, living by faith and intimacy with God as Father is hard. It's hard. Hopefully one of your takeaways of your study of the Lord's prayer is the challenge the challenge it is for you to live by faith. It is not easy for you to live right. How can you expect others to live right? You fail and you sin against God our Father and you fail and you sin against others. And so Jesus has taken us back to this place that he wants us to learn how to treat other people the way that our Father treats us. He wants us to learn how to treat ourselves the way that our Father treats us. So we can ask the question, how hard is it for you to forgive yourself? How hard is it for you to forgive yourself? I, I think Jesus really sets up this. I mean, this is just, this is just mission critical, right? How many days of your life do you go, do you go through where you don't feel like somebody wronged you? And how much more do you exponentiate? How much easier is it for you to see uh, the wrongs that somebody has done to you versus the blessing that somebody has given you? Our hearts and minds are just so fine-tuned to the things that people do that wrong us. I mean, even sitting in traffic, the way that people wrong us, uh, those things just get exacerbated. And we go home and what do we talk about? Or we're at home, I mean, it's just the wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong. So how do we learn how to be a people of forgiveness? I think Jesus, this is a, a passage of scripture that always trips me up every time I read it, always speaks into my heart. And this is a story that uh, uh, from the life of Jesus that we find in Luke 7 verses 40 to 50, where Jesus goes into the house of a Pharisee 
And uh, this Pharisee guy doesn't wash Jesus's feet, which is a custom of the day. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a, an act of hospitality. And yet there is another woman in his house. There's this prostitute who, who wets Jesus's feet with her tears. And the, and then the, the, the Pharisee, this guy named Simon has a big problem with it and, and launches Jesus into this teaching time. And listen to what Jesus says in Luke seven forty to 50, Jesus answers Simon and says, Simon, I have something to say to you. And Simon replied, say it, teacher. And Jesus says, a money money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other owed 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which one of them will love him more? And Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And Jesus said to him, you have judged correctly. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, but you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but since I, the time I came in, has not, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little." That's the money line for me. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to the woman, then Jesus says to the woman, your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this man that even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I think that the real key in having victory in this eighth part of the Lord's prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, is not minimizing our own sins, not making the mistake of Simon that we would say, well, yeah, I've sinned, but really the weight of my sin is uh, a 50 denarii, 50 denarii. I mean, look at me compared to other people. Surely that woman owes 500 denarii. I only owe 50 denarii. And what do we do? We minimize our own sins and we maximize the sins of others. What others have done to us is so egregious, but what we have done to, to God our Father is just, just not that big a deal. And so I, I think real clearly in this that a pathway to victory in this part of, of the prayer is to allow ourselves to be exposed to the real degradation of our own heart. I find one of the easiest ways to expose our own sinfulness is by regularly going through the the, the 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 Ten Commandments. If we judge ourselves and our sinfulness according to our own prioritizing of sin, then of course, we're always going to come out being rosier than the person next to us. But if we will evaluate our sinfulness against the Ten Commandments, I think you will find yourself to be odious. To be odious in very profound ways. The Ten Commandments found in Exodus chapter 20, and Deuteronomy chapter five can be a great diagnostic, can be a great uh, excavator of the sin of our own hearts, which will bring us to a posture of asking forgiveness from God our Father and receiving forgiveness from God our Father, where Jesus says, the one who is forgiven little, uh, or excuse, the one who is forgiven much loves a lot. And you can experience for yourself just how does God our Father treat you God, our Father does not treat your sin by blasting you, by condemning you, uh, by being overly critical against you. God, our Father treats your sin with mercy and with grace, with kindness 
and with love. And as we bring our sin into the presence of God, our Father, and we experience his grace and his kindness, his mercy and his love, we will learn how to treat ourselves with that exact same kind of grace and mercy and kindness and love for so oftentimes the way that we treat other people is nothing more than an extension of how we treat ourselves. And so Jesus knows this and Jesus targets this in the Lord's prayer in this particular portion of it when he calls us to pray every single day, uh, Heavenly Father, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Uh, we got to be real careful against minimizing our own sins, maximizing the sins of other people. Otherwise, we'll get calcification in our heart, spiritual pride, uh, animosity, anger, and it will just build. I also think that Jesus teaches us to pray this every single day because he knows how quickly anger will build. Uh, and certainly the Apostle Paul uh, picks up on this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. When he warns his disciples, he trains his disciples, be angry and yet do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. So we're supposed to live in the Lord's prayer, certainly daily. And then if we combine that with the Ephesians four, we understand that we're not supposed to take anger from one day into the next. We're supposed to deal with immediacy, uh, the anger that we feel in our hearts First of all, because uh, unchecked anger will calcify quickly and will, will destroy relationships. But secondly, uh, unconfessed or unchecked anger is the devil's playground. Satan uh, looks for pockets of anger to incite us to take what we might be angry about at a three or a four out of 10 and just spike it to an eight or a nine. And all of a sudden it just turns uh, tornadic. It becomes a hurricane a tornado and we leave in our path just a just a destruction just destroyed relationships everywhere and we wonder why that's happening and, and so often it can be satisfied we can have victory in those things by working through by working through the lord's prayer uh, this is a powerful powerful portion of the lord's prayer that we cannot gloss over or skip and so let me ask you in, in closing these questions uh, how easily is it for you to see your need for daily forgiveness how easily is it for you to see your need for daily forgiveness? How easily do you receive forgiveness from our Heavenly Father? How easily do you receive forgiveness from our Heavenly Father? How easily do you forgive yourself? How easily do you forgive yourself? And lastly, the last question that you can wrestle with in this chapter uh, or in this, in this session and in your, your small groups or however it is that you're going through this content, uh, who are you angry at today? How many people are you angry at today? Make a list of the people that you are angry at today uh, and use this portion of the Lord's Prayer to get a word from God our Father for how he would uh, uh, lead you in the name of Jesus to do a cleansing of your heart of anger. It's a challenging topic. This is the Lord's Prayer. This is why it works because it is real and deals with real issues that we are contending with every single day of our lives. I pray that God, our Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will graciously lead you through this incredible portion of the Lord's Prayer as we continue to unpack this, this wonderful gift that Jesus has given us. As we seek to live together, we're seeking to do this together. You are not on your own as we seek to live together in the overflow of the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I look forward to being with you again next time. Thank you for joining us in The Overflow. 
To find a blog connected to today's session where you can engage with Jim and others, go to trexo.org forward slash blog. This podcast is made available through the gracious giving of people just like you. If you would like to help us bring more people into the healing waters of our Father's love, you can do so at trexo.org forward slash donate. We will be back next week for another edition of Overflow.